Bizpreneurs, and welcome back to Marks of a Mogul. I am your host, Rosina, also known as The Biz Lawyer on Instagram. Okay, so today we are talking about something that I don't take lightly and I, you know, I have respect for the dead and, you know, it was really, really hard for me to, you know, talk about this topic, but I know it's very important that as the small business community, we understand trademarks after death, right? And in particular, my heart goes out to Kobe Bryant's wife for her, you know, tragically losing her husband but her daughter as well, right? And so it was hard for me to like pull myself together to do this, but I feel like we need to understand as business owners, because one thing that is promised to us on here in this life is death. And a lot of us, we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to prepare for it. We don't like to face reality and face the fact that it's going to happen to us one way or the other. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, like I said, this was such a tragic tragedy that, you know, the Bryant family had to experience. But not only the Bryant family, but also the other members that was in the helicopter as well. I want to just send my condolences again. But one thing we should know is, too, what happens to our trademarks after we die? Okay. And it's very important that we understand the laws and what does the law say and how do they treat intellectual property as it relates to death. Right. And so one thing, just so you guys know, a copyright, actually, this is the law. It lasts 70 years plus the life of the author. So even in the law under copyright law, death is addressed, right? So if you are a copyright owner, so if you own rights to songs, if you own rights to logos, as far as graphic designers, right? That's something we got to talk about. Um, if you own rights to paintings, if you own rights to just, just any creative expression fixed into a tangible medium, that's the definition of what you need to have in order for it to fall under copyright law and be protected. Um, you will have rights to that work in your lifetime plus 70 years of after your death, basically. And just going back a little bit, um, copyright law originally only lasts 35 years from the creation of the work. Okay. And then Mickey Mouse, <laughs> um, Mr. Mickey Mouse, he was beginning to approach his 35th birthday. And so Disney, um, who has, you know, a lot of good money was able to pay lobbyists to change the laws because Disney would have been affected if Mickey would have fell into the public domain. And so then Congress changed the law to where, at, um, now it was 70 years right of the creator so a copyright was good for 70 years and then mr mickey was approaching his 70th birthday again and so disney you know paid lobbyists to lobby to change the laws again and then it was extended to 70 years plus the life of the author okay so now it's 70 years after death that's copyright law okay and really quick a lot of us as business 
owners, bizpreneurs, moguls in the making. <laughs> we are, uh, we're hiring a lot of people in our business to create creative works for us, right? When you hire your graphic designer to create your logo for you, when you hire your photographer to take pictures of you, right? When you're hiring a content creator or a copywriter to create and write content for you, that is protected under copyright law. And the only way as the business owner, you are the copyright owner to those copyrighted assets is if you have them transfer those rights to you by means of a work for hire agreement. And so I know sometimes you'll be like, well, my girl, she my graphic designer. She did my logo for me. That's my best friend. That's my best friend, right? But what can happen is she can be okay with that and she can be fine with that. But what will happen is, God forbid, if she dies and her family wants to receive royalty payments from her copyrighted works, they have the right to. Because in death, under copyright law, those copyrights transfer to the creator's estate. Okay. So it's just good to get it in writing and get that information transferred to you in writing in order for it to be recognized by the law. Okay. Now that's copyright. And I, I, I spent some time there. I want to give my bizpreneurs and my moguls in the making some background information on that so that you guys know, right? Because one thing is not even knowing, right? A lot of us, we pay our graphic designers and we like, Oh, I paid them. So I own it. Right. And that's not the case. Okay. So at least you want to know so you can know how to form that relationship and negotiate that, you know, that engagement that you guys are entering into. Be sure if you're okay with owning it or if you're okay with letting the graphic designer own it, just know how to approach that situation. Right. So a patent actually has a durational period on it too. A design patent can last between 14 to 15 years and a utilitary patent is what we call it, like a patent of use, um, will last for 20 years, about 20 years. Okay. So patents, you all know, protect inventions, right? So if you invent something that's new or novel, that's where you receive patent protection under. Okay. And a patent is a set of rights granted by the government to an inventor. Okay. But go to the next one before we get in trademarks, which is a trade secret. Now, a trade secret is where you will actually protect like, you know, if you have like a shampoo formula or you have like a recipe, Coca-Cola formula or KFC chicken recipe. Now, a trade secret is the only type of intellectual property that you do not have to file with the government body. Why? Because it's a secret. Anything we file with the government, it's public record. Trade secret is secret. And in order to have it be recognized as a trade secret under the law, you have to have three things. One, it has to be a secret. Two, it has to be able to make money. It's of value, right? And then three, you have to take reasonable measures to protect that secret. Okay. So in the event you are going to go ahead and share your formula with say a manufacturer who's going to mass produce your products, you want to make sure probably that they are signing off on an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, right? And you guys are talking about what methods are they going to put in place to actually protect the secret? Okay. So that's trade secret, but we're here to talk about trademarks and trademarks after death. Okay. Now here is the thing. 
A trademark. So copyright, 70 years plus the life of the author. Patent, 20 years or 14 to 15 years if it's a design patent. A trade secret, as long as it's a secret, it's good. And it's sort of the same thing with a trademark. As long as you use the trademark, you will not lose the trademark, okay? So as long as you use it, you will not lose it. So what does this mean? That means, say for instance, you stop using it and someone can prove you abandon that trademark for three years consecutively, they can prove you abandon it and you can lose your rights to it. But as long as you continuously use the trademark, you will not lose it, okay? And so Coca-Cola was registered around 18, late 1800s. Mercedes was registered around early 1900s, right? And I'm sure the people who were responsible for those brands, for starting those brands, creating those brands and protecting those brands are no longer around, right? But they're able to continue to still be in use because they're owned by the corporation and the corporation is still utilizing the brand. Okay. And that's the same situation with Kobe right now. So if you look at Kobe Bryant, his trademarks, he have a lot of trademarks. Mamacita Rise, Black Mamba, he has a trademark for that. Um, he has a trademark, um, La Mamacita, you know, I think that's when he was doing the girls basketball team and things like that. He has a, a, a good portfolio, right? He has Kobe Bryant, 24, Kobe, 24, Kobe Bryant, like his signature there. Um, and that one was actually filed, um, after his death, June 1st, 2020. And one of the services filed under it is licensing of intellectual property. So if they're going to continue to license his intellectual property, that's using it, right? That's utilizing the brand. How it can continue to still live on despite his death is because the corporation and his estate is responsible for it. So the law says if a famous person was to die, they're famous, the estate owns the rights to their name. So the trademark rights to their name, um, they own the brand rights to their name, they own their likeness and things like that. So, you know, his wife, Vanessa, will be able to carry on his legacy and, um, you know, begin to allow his legacy to continue to live on even after her death. So as long as the entity of Kobe Bryant LLC is continuously using his trademarks, his, his trademarks can still live on. His legacy can still live on, right? And so that's why it's very important that, you know, you secure your brand because when you secure your brand, not only are you securing the brand, but you're securing your legacy because a trademark can outlive you. And because it's an asset, you can pass it down from generation to generation to generation. We talked about how you have to invest goodwill with quality services and quality products. Um, we talked about that early on in our first episode. And that's very important because you are creating generational legacy through these brands. Okay. And so even in the event something happens to you, as long as you have properly put together a great succession plan, not a lot of us business owners or bizpreneurs or moguls and the makers are talking about succession planning, but we have to put together a great succession plan so we can say how we want our legacy to live on. Recently, 
Gucci. So you all know the famous brand Gucci, the designer brand Gucci, the Gucci corporation just sued the grandson of Gucci to stop him from using the brand name as a trademark, even though that he's the grandson, right? This is his part of his name. This is his part of his, his legacy, but his grandfather didn't leave it to say that the grandkids can utilize in his plan or his succession plan, but the brand is owned by the corporation. So you want to make sure like if you want it where it's free will for your kids to use it. But first thing too, everybody can't be using a brand and then it causes brand confusion, right? To the consumers in the marketplace. So you want to establish a clear succession plan on how does the brand continue to move forward? But also too, if it's a concern of yours that your family benefit from it, make sure that they are included in that succession plan. It gets interesting and it gets, it gets deep, but what I want you guys to understand is a trademark can outlive you. Okay. The trademark can survive you in your death. As long as your, your company or whoever you, you know, left it to continues to use it, you will not lose it. Yes. Y'all come get some of this trademark tea. Come sip some trademark tea. So, okay. So for this episode, I wanted to tell you guys, since we are talking about trademarks after death, um, did you all know that Bob Marley estate, his heirs, you know, his kids, I love it. Cause they look, they securing a daddy legacy. Okay. They secured the brand. They securing the daddy legacy. They actually sued this clothing maker who made all these different t-shirts. Um, and they actually were a distributor to Walmart and Target and different different stores, they sued them and the court actually awarded them $2 million in damages because they used their daddy's likeness and trademark without the estate's permission. I just told you all earlier, a famous person dies. You just can't be using their name because their, their name belongs to their estate. Okay. And so, um, they actually got $2 million that, and then the, the clothing maker, they actually appealed it. Court order was upheld up on appeal like three years later. So they spent a whole bunch of money <laughs> on the appeal and they still lost. I mean, the law has been very, very clear. Like if it's a famous person and they die, the rights belongs to their estate, like the trade. So only people can profit from their brand name is their estate holders, right? And typically, typically, usually, it's, it's usually the wife and the kids and, you know, family. You just want, like I said, you want to secure the brand so that you can secure the bad. And then recently, Bob Marley's family had to sue a coffee company. Did y'all know that they had to sue a coffee company for using his name again? So I don't know why they didn't learn right with the t-shirt people that they couldn't do this. And so the company uh, was called Jam and Java. They named one of the coffees after Bob Marley. The, the family sued and the family was actually awarded a two point million dollar judgment from this coffee company. Look, here's the thing. You have to respect the dead and you have to respect their legacy. You have to respect their name. You have to respect 
their family. And anytime you want to use someone's name, their likeness, if it's not yours, you have to get permission. Period, point blank. You have to get what we call a license agreement, okay? If you are not going to um, acquire that license agreement from the proper parties, because sometimes it'd be some people out here giving out license and they don't even have the right to give the license away, but you want to get you a license agreement from the proper party. If you cannot obtain that license agreement, it's a no-go. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Don't do it. It's not worth it because what's going to happen is because see under trademark law, if there is a registration, if they have registered their, their loved one's name and they're registered, if you infringe on that trademark, they can possibly be awarded three times the amount of profits you receive. So if you made $1 million from their brand name, they can probably get an award of $3 million. It's not worth it. You know, I'm sure we all have goodness and greatness in us to where, you know, we can use our own brand and create our own legacies, right? And that is really left for the family to decide what they want to do with those brands. Now, if you, you know, you really want to use someone else's brand, like I said, just get a license, get a license agreement. And if you can't get the license agreement, that means you cannot do it. Okay. So that's our trademark tea for the day. Bob Marley family, they're out here. They're protecting his estate. They're not playing any games as they should, you know, and they, they going to court and they taking people to court and they collecting on their judgments. So this is the trademark tea. I hope y'all sipping on it. Do not be out here using other people brand names and you do not have permission or a license. Okay, y'all, y'all know it's Women's History Month and I want to celebrate Women's History Month by helping not only women, but other business owners like you men <laughs> help you all secure your brand so that you can secure your legacy. I hope you heard the importance in this episode of what it means to secure your legacy, right? Secure the brand so you can secure the legacy so you can secure the bag. Okay. And it's just so, so very important. And so if you guys are interested at this time and booking your trademark package so that you can secure the bag, please visit my Instagram page at the biz lawyer. That's T-H-E-B-I-Z lawyer. So you can understand and you can engage to get that process started. Okay. And really quick, that package includes um, a 15 minute onboarding call after you have booked along with us doing research to make sure that no challenges should arise, right? It, they can arise, but we're trying to spot those issues before we file the application. We also will issue you an opinion letter. And with the opinion letter, you will schedule a call um, with me up to 30 minutes where you and I will go back and go through and we will talk about the search results um, that we have came upon. Now, once we go through the search results, if I'm telling you everything should be okay, I can't promise a result. I never promise a result, right? But 
sometimes I can feel it when I'm like, okay, we good. We should move forward. Um, you know, we don't know though. We can't confirm everything is going to be good until the government confirms it for us. But usually the research helps us guide the client on making a decision to move forward. Now, some cases I might be like, "Mm -mm, we can't move forward. We can't pass go and we can't collect $200, right? Because there is a major conflict and this is really going to just cause a lot of issues for us. And if I'm telling you that, I also will allow you to go back to the drawing board, select another name. We would do another search for you at no additional charge. Okay. But if we do move forward, everything's looking good. We'll go ahead and file the application. It takes the government at least three to four months to review the application. Now, once they review the application, they can either approve it or issue an office action. If they approve it, it goes to what's called publication for opposition. Publication for opposition allows anyone in the public 30 days to oppose the trademark, right? If no one comes forth and oppose the trademark, then you'll have registration within 12 weeks from the 30 day deadline. Now let's back up and say the trademark office does take issue with the application. They're going to issue what we call an office action. The office action can require either a substantive response or a non-substantive response. If it's a non-substantive response, that means something minor is going on with the application and they just want us to fix it and we'll do that at no additional charge. But now if it's a substantive matter, that means that the government is refusing it on a legal basis, which could be they found that there's a likelihood of confusion with another brand or it fails to function as a trademark or it can be merely descriptive. If that is the case, then we will have to respond with a legal brief, which requires legal research and writing. That is an additional cost. Okay. Now here's the thing. We don't want our clients paying anything in addition to what they paid on the front end. That's why we do the legal research I told you about in the beginning to try to spot those issues and avoid those issues. Okay. So I want you guys to go ahead and take the chance and make your history this month and go ahead and start the process on securing the brand. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode. This was one that was heavy for me. It absolutely was heavy for me, right? Um, but I felt like we need to talk about it, like I explained earlier. So if you guys, you know, felt like you learned something, you enjoyed the topic, despite, you know, the fact that we all want to avoid the topic, please leave me a review and let me know what you guys think. But also be sure to join me next Monday for another lesson in securing your brand and your legacy. And if you want to continue the conversation, as always, join me at my Instagram page at The Biz Lawyer and leave a comment there or, you know, leave a question there if you have one. But don't forget to subscribe to this podcast right now, right here. And also leave me a review and please, please, please do the best you can with sharing with a fan or a bizpreneur who you know need this information too. Until next time, I will see you guys later. Bye.